dive into the word of the Lord. You already did the word. Now we're going to get into the word of the Lord. Yes. We're starting an exciting series this next few weeks, guys, all the way up until Christmas. Because what is Christmas? What is Christmas really about? Jesus. God. Birth of Jesus. Great. Greed. I was waiting. I was waiting for one person. The devil. I was waiting for someone to say presence, but you were like greed. You went you went to the core of the matter. (laughs) But what so Christmas is about the birth of Jesus, right? Christmas is about the time where we celebrate him coming to earth and him preparing for his ministry and more importantly, him dying for all of our sins. So Christmas is the time that we start thinking about Christ coming to the earth. So I'm going to start this series for the next few weeks. Every time I get up here to talk, you guys get a week off next week. But every other time I get up here, we're going to talk Jesus, guys. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to prepare for the season in which Jesus came to this earth to be with us. So I'm going to kick it off. This week, we're going to be talking about searching for Jesus. Everybody say that with me. Searching Searching for Jesus. Jesus. Has anybody ever searched for Jesus? Yeah. Josh, you have? Thank you. Thank you, Josh. I'm so glad you pointed that out. It always makes me feel like a very good speller. (laughs) He he was searching in. So when all of us look up here, we're going to see searching. All right, guys? Everybody's going to get on the same page. Searching, Brian. You could probably edit that right in there, couldn't you? No. Yes, you could. Oh, uh, not right now. You're right. Not in the middle. Not in the middle of the uh, demonstration. But it's okay. We'll all see searching, right? What? That's a hate on the spelling, but the G is also lowercase. Thank you. Any wait, G? Searching. Searching. Either that or it's just the. Yeah. No, I think everything is. No, I'm searching. Yeah, I think it's the font. I think it's the font, guys. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, guys. I like. I. I honestly, I did that on purpose for you guys. Totally. Like, if I leave that R out of there, they will all ha- see it and they will laugh about it. We will all have a great time. Yes, so I'm like, five dollars card for whoever noticed it first. Searching for Jesus. Let's get to the point. We are searching for Jesus. And we're getting ready to come into a season in which Jesus was born. So there was a time period where they did search for Jesus. How many of you guys feel that way today, right? Like we don't, like we don't, we get to feel Jesus' presence. Believe me, like he's living inside me. I know all that, but like I don't get to see Jesus and talk to Jesus like I do Nan. I don't get to just go over his house. I don't get to visit him. I didn't get to walk with him like Matthew and Mark and Luke. I didn't get to just hang out with Jesus. Like we don't we don't get that experience living in 2023. Like we're about 2000 years too late. Sorry. But we do have we get to experience his holy spirit. We get to have communion with him and we should know his voice. But we're looking for him in a time period which Jesus talked about in the Bible. So let's go to the next slide real quick. John 7, 25 through 36. We're going to read and we're going to talk about that right here. Because this is a very important part in Jesus' life. And he said something that made me start this whole series and this whole study and this whole look into searching for Jesus. But to give you some background before we jump right into this. John 7. Does anybody know what was going on in John 7? 
I'm not really expecting anybody to be like, this is going on. But I thought I'd throw it out there. You never know. There are some Bible scholars out there, I hope. Simeon? But, okay, John chapter 7. Okay, we got I think of it like this. This is how my brain works, and I break it down. Okay, we know John starts off in the beginning, was the word, the word was with God. And then we go into John's ministry. We know that by John 20, it starts getting close to Jesus' crucifixion. So we're early in John. We're in John 7. We're at a point in John where Jesus is starting his ministry here, guys. So this is like one of the time periods that I wish I could have been a part of so bad. Like if you could go back to any time in history, like this is where I want to go. Like. <laughs> okay, you can you can get your DeLorean out. You can go there. But I'm not. I'm going all the way back. I'm going back to like 0 AD. I want to be during this time period where Jesus is walking here. I mean, think about this, guys. He's walking around just casting out devils and raising people from the dead and healing any problem and feeding everybody in the town. Like he's doing some cool things. Like those are the things that attracts people to Jesus. Right. Like nobody comes to church because they want to be told rules. No one comes to church because they, they want to sit and be quiet for an hour. Like, no, we come to church for these things. Like, I come to church because I want to see blind eyes open. I want to see people's lives blessed. I want to see miraculous things happen in people's lives. Like, I want to see those things. So that's what keeps me being a part of the kingdom. But if you live during this time, like, you'd be seeing it every day. Like, the Bible actually says in some point that if they recorded all the miracles that Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough room in the earth to, to hold all the books. It says that at the end of John. Wow. That's how important. Like, we get a glimpse. Like, we get to see small things. Like, we get to hear them talk a little bit about some of the amazing things that Jesus did while he was on earth. But they didn't tell us everything, guys. Like, they, they weren't, like, recording it. No one had a GoPro, like, back then. They weren't able to just document everything that was taking place. They told the most important things that they remembered, the things that stood out in their mind. But there was incredible things going on all the time in Jesus' life. Like he was doing all kinds of things. This first thing he did is he, went, he turned water into wine. Like at a whole party, he was like, look, I'm a life of the party, guys. He did amazing things. So it gets to this point in John 7 that people are really starting to look at him and go, there's something different about this guy. Like, he's, he's not just a normal guy. He's not just a prophet. He's not just, you know, he's not, he's not Judah, you know. Judah's cool, but he's just something special about this guy. Like, he's doing big things. He's doing miracles. He's raising the dead. He's talking about heaven and eternal life and things that we've never even understood before. So there's got to be something going on with him. And this is where John 7 picks up at verse 25, and it says, some of the people who lived in Jerusalem started to ask each other, isn't this the man that they're trying to kill? They're like, wait a minute. Like they're, they're looking around, they're watching what he's doing. He's doing all this amazing, good things. He's not hurting anybody. He's not being hateful. He's not being mean. But they're like, this is the guy that the, that the, the, the people in our church or temple are trying to kill. Like, isn't this the guy that everybody's saying all those bad things about? And they can't figure this out because... They're not seeing somebody who needs to die. They're seeing somebody who's doing amazing things, somebody who's helping hurting people, somebody who's bringing goodness to a life that's already full of pain. And so they ask themselves, isn't this who they're trying to kill? But here he is speaking in public, and they say nothing to him. Could our leaders possibly believe that he's the Messiah? So they start asking themselves, like, 
Like, do they are they really are they starting to believe this guy's God? Like, what's going on here? Like, he's doing all these miracles, he's doing these amazing things, and we hear that. Like, we hear people tell us about amazing things. I had someone call me a couple weeks ago and tell me about a miracle that happened in his life, and I was like, that's amazing. I, I've had other people call me this past week and tell me some great things that God's doing in their life. And, it, and I'm like, are they starting to believe that he's the Messiah? <laughs> you ever have a friend that doesn't believe in God? And all of a sudden, like, God starts touching their heart, and then all of a sudden they're like, and you're like, are they starting to believe that he's the Messiah? That's where these people were at, because here he is, standing here talking, doing these great things, and all these leaders who are saying that they're trying to kill him aren't really doing anything about it. Nobody's really trying to stop him. But then they continue to question themselves, and they say, but how could he be? For we know where this man comes from. When the Messiah comes, he will simply appear, and no one will know where he comes from. Is that true? Is that true? Does the, did the Bible say that we wouldn't know where you come from? No. Because I'm, yeah, it doesn't. You're right. Because I remember Isaiah talking about he'll be born in Bethlehem. Like I remember some prophets of old prophesying that this man would come. So we have this problem here where these people are standing before Jesus, but because they haven't been taught the right scriptures and they don't know the word of God, they don't really think that he's who he is. Because they're like, well, we're not supposed to know where he comes from. But if they'd have known the word of God, they'd have understood what Elijah was talking about. They would have understood that they should know where Jesus comes from. He should be from Bethlehem, just like this man is. He should have been born of a virgin, just like this man was. There was countless prophecies that would have pointed them towards Jesus. But these people didn't know the word. And while Jesus was tempting, or tempting... He doesn't tempt, you're right. While Jesus was teaching, that was the word that was supposed to come out. I don't know how tempting came out, but while Jesus was teaching in the temple, he cried out. He says, yes, you know me and you know where I come from, but I'm not here on my own. So he tells them right away, he's like, he, he knew what they were thinking. He knew what they were all talking about. He knew they were all trying to figure this out. And he's like, but guys, I know you guys know where I come from. I know you guys don't, you haven't figured it out yet, but I, where I come from is important. Who I came from is important. And he tells them right here, the one who sent me is true. Does anybody remember when I talked about truth? What is real truth? Here's Jesus again pointing towards truth. He says, you guys don't know where I came from, but where the one who sent me is truth. There, there's no fault in him. The one who sent me is absolute. And you don't know him, Jesus tells him. But I know him because I came from him and he sent me to you. Then the leaders tried to arrest him, but no one would lay a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Many among the crowds at the temple believed in him. After all, they said, would you expect the Messiah to do more miraculous signs than this man has done. That's a very important part, guys. They stop and they say, you know what? After everything, whether we know where he comes from, whether we know any of this, he has to be the Messiah because look at the miraculous things that he's done. That's the biggest argument we can ever have to this world 
to anybody who's looking and searching for Jesus, there's our answer. Look at the miraculous things that he's done. Look at the people's lives around you that he's changed. Look at the things that he's, that he's helped you in your life with. Look at the ways that he's made where it didn't seem like it was possible. And, it, and guess what? If you guys are young, talk to some older people at the church. They'll tell you. I'll tell you story after story after story about how Jesus came through in miraculous ways in my life where it didn't make sense and it shouldn't have worked out. And all of that is to point to and bring praise to the fact that God is real, that Jesus is God, that he is the Messiah, that he did come here to fix our lives, that he came to make everything better. But when the Pharisees heard that, the crowds were, were, were whispering of these things. The Pharisees, they always get upset. Pharisees are always uh, up in a roar. And when they hear this, they start getting upset. And they and the leading priests and the temple guards were sent to arrest Jesus. So the Pharisees get all mad and they're like, go get him. We're done with this. People can't think that he is who he's claiming to be. But Jesus tells them, this is where Jesus throws them for a loop. And this is what got me thinking and going into this series here. Jesus says, I will be with you. This is verse 33. He says, I will be with them. He says, I will be with you only a little longer. Then I will return to the one who sent me. And you will search for me, but not find me. And you cannot go where I'm going. Now he's talking to the people who are standing there in his midst. Now, again, I just talked about, I wish I could go back to time and I could be in this. I could be in that time period where Jesus is doing these amazing things and Jesus is performing these miracles and I could live in the middle of it. But here these people are living in the middle of it and they still don't believe. They still don't think he's God. They still don't think he's the Messiah. As a matter of fact, they're about to arrest him and have him put in jail because they don't believe. And Jesus tells them something here that's so scary if you're in those shoes. He tells them, I'm going away. I'm not always going to be here on earth performing miracles for you guys to believe. I'm not always going to do that. I'm going away. And, and you're going to search for me? If you don't believe me when I'm standing right before you, you're going to search for me and you're not going to be able to find me. You're not going to know where I'm going. And of course, None of them understand this. They're all puzzled. <laughs> the leaders said, where is he planning on going, they asked. Is he thinking of leaving the country and going to the Jews and other lands? Maybe he's even thinking about teaching the Greeks. Guess what? He was. He was thinking about teaching every one of us. He was thinking about exploding over the entire world because the very people that he came to save didn't want anything to do with him. The very people that he was prophesied to and promised that he was going to show up and change their life didn't recognize him when he was standing right in front of them. What does he mean when he says, you will search for me and not find me and you cannot go where I'm going? Go ahead and shift to the next slide real quick. That's just the main screen. You will search for me on earth, but... You can't. You won't find me there, and you right. you won't be. In, you won't come to heaven with me. Right. That is what he meant. I wasn't. I wasn't really asking it. Like they, they asked the question in the scripture. But you're right. You're answering it correctly, and that's exactly what's going on. Jesus is telling them like, there's going to come a time, guys, 
where it's not going to be so easy. Like at that point in time, they could be like, hey, did you hear about that Jesus guy? Like, yeah, he's over on the Galilee like sea right now. He's doing crazy stuff. He just walked across the water. Now he's feeding a bunch of people. Like, there's crazy things. And they could have got up at that point in their life and been like, you know what? I've heard all this talk about Jesus. I'm going to go check it out. Has anybody been to the auto show ever? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. there's a couple people in here. All right. I've been to the auto show. I heard everybody talking about it for so long. I was like, I got to go check this thing out. I don't know anything about it. But it was cool. If you haven't experienced it, you should. But you have that option now because the auto show is still going on. I don't know if it is right now. I mean, it goes on every year. Like, there's, it's going to come back around next year, right? Why are you shaking your head? Did they get rid of the auto show? They did. Oh, my goodness. I'm so old, guys. Is it COVID? Okay. Walking with the dinosaurs. <laughs> They're still doing that, guys. <laughs> Disney on ice. Okay, what's still going on? There's some stuff going on. But but you have the option of going to experience some of these things. Movies. The movies. Yes. You can always go to the movies. There, but you have the chance to go and experience these things. And Jesus is warning them. Because he's like, you guys are taking this all for granted. You guys are acting like it, like it's no big deal. But you've got God standing right in front of you. Right. And you're, there, it's not always going to be that way. Like I, I imagine at that point in time that Jesus is thinking, like, 2023, there's going to be a room full of kids that wish so bad that they could see me physically. And they could walk into the room and they could touch me. And they could talk to me. And we could have a conversation with them. Guess what? Those poor kids are not going to experience that. In heaven, they will. They will in heaven. You're right. But we're not going to experience it right here in this room tonight. We're not going to be able to see him walk in here because he's away making a promise that come true that he promised us a long time ago. He's building the kingdom. So I get it. It makes sense. We've got to, we've got to wait. But he's coming back one day. But he's telling this crowd because he's like, you guys don't get it. Like, you're going to search for me. You're going to be searching for Jesus with an R. You're not going to find me. Yeah, if you guys made it a little late, I spelled it wrong. Go ahead, laugh. It's okay. Everybody <laughs> else did. <laughs> but one day they're going to search for me, and they're not going to find me. But in verse 37, go to the next slide real quick. In verse 37, on the last day of the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowd, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart so jesus is like okay i know all these pharisees don't like me and i know all these people who can see all these miraculous signs in front of them i know they don't appreciate me but he stands up and he yells out to everybody else in the crowd all the little people, all the people who didn't matter, all the people who weren't the religious leaders, all the people who weren't high and mighty but he yells out to everyone who can hear and says, you know what? I don't care who you are. If you come to me, I will give you a drink. If you believe in me and come and drink, I will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Go to the next slide real quick. Because that's what he was talking about. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to anyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Who was that given to? Everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. In him. That's a promise. 
from Jesus, right? right? That everyone who believes in him can be filled with the Spirit. There's nobody on earth, I don't care who, what they think, there's nobody on earth that can't be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. There's, no, there's not one person on earth that can't experience the miraculous signs of Jesus Christ. Like, so people are like, I don't know who Jesus is. There are people who are searching for Jesus, and he's right there in front of them, and they never see it. Because all they had to do is believe and come to him, and he would show them a miraculous sign that would prove, just like it proved to everybody in that town, this has to be the Messiah. Didn't you see the miraculous signs he's doing? Didn't you see that? Like, it's easy for me to get up here and preach, guys. Like, it's easy for me. My dad was, my dad was supposed to be in a, a vegetable his entire life. My dad was in a wheelchair with a broken neck. They told him when I was born that he would never walk again. It's easy for me to stand up here and preach because I've seen the miraculous signs. I don't, I don't have to think about it. I know my dad is living proof in front of my face. To this day, my dad works at GM. They told me he'll never walk again. He had an encounter with Jesus. A minister stood up at a pulpit and said, Bud Tackett, if you get out of that wheelchair and walk up here right now, God will heal you. My dad got up like spaghetti lakes, made it up to the altar. But from that moment, miraculous healing started in his life. And he told everybody, I'm getting my job back at GM one day. My mom was like, you're crazy. <laughs> my mom was working. Because my dad, my, dad, my dad was like, you're never going to work. My mom had to go get a job because dad wasn't able to do anything. And then my dad was like, I'm going to get my job back. God's going to give me my job back. Lawyers told him, you're crazy. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. My dad got his job back. God opened doors. God made a way. God did miraculous signs in front of him. So like the people in that town, it's very hard for me to stand here and say, I don't know, is he really the Messiah? Right. Is he really? The, the, I've seen the miraculous signs. Right. What more could I expect? Right. What more can any any God do than to heal, to restore, than to do these miraculous signs, fill you with the Holy Spirit? These are things that we can't do. No one can do it except the all-powerful, almighty God. And we serve him. Amen. And we know him. Amen. And all Jesus said is if you believe if you come to me and you believe. Now, we got it a little bit different. Like, Jesus isn't in the next town passing out miracles. Like, we're living in a different day and age. These people were standing there seeing him. He still is passing out miracles, though. You're right. You're right. We don't, do we really have an excuse? No. <laughs> Preach Brother Zane. <laughs> do we really have an excuse? Because we're still seeing the miracles today. We're still seeing signs and wonders. There's still people being filled with the Holy Spirit today. And that's a miraculous sign. That's an important sign. Because if you're searching for Jesus, the Holy Spirit is as close as you're going to get in this earth. That's as close as we're going to get until he parts the clouds and comes home. And believe me, I wish it was right now. But until that happens, the closest I get to be with Jesus is that Holy Spirit living inside me. That's my conversation with Christ. That's where I get to commune with Jesus. I don't get to go sit at his feet. I don't, I don't get to, to break an alabaster jar over his feet. I don't get to do that because he's not walking the earth today. So I'm searching for him. But I see his signs right. and I have his spirit. Right. 
right. got something to say? I was going to say sit his feet like when the when he was at the rich man's house. Yep. The, I was quoting scripture to you. Yeah. Yep. When she broke the alabaster jar and cleaned his feet. And we're going to hear that story everywhere the gospel is preached. Because it was important. Because she did not neglect the fact that Jesus was in her presence. Right. She did not worry about it. She was like, this is important. The most expensive thing she owned, she broke it at his feet. Because there was nothing more important than spending time with Jesus. Right. There's nothing more valuable than being able to spend time with Jesus. Let's go to the next slide real quick. Because this is important. We're all searching for Jesus today. We're still looking for him. And he hasn't come back. He will but he hasn't yet. So how do I find him? How do I hear his voice? How do I get close to him? And in John 14, 25 and 26, Jesus tells us, he says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. So he's like, wait, guys, I know, I know right now you guys don't get to see me. I know you guys don't get to sit at my feet. I know you don't get to experience that, but just wait because my father is sending a representative in my place. He's sending the Holy Spirit. And he says, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. That's why I'm like, man, Jesus told me last night I needed to preach this. And people are like, did he really? Like, did he call you on your cell phone? Did you guys Snapchat? Like, how are you talking to Jesus, Dan? This is how I'm talking to Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit tells me everything Jesus says. The Holy Spirit tells me everything he says. So when I'm searching for Jesus and I need to find Jesus, there's where I get my connection. I connect through the Holy Spirit. He didn't leave us alone. Sarah, if you'll come play, I promise I was going to get done early. I'm, am I doing good? I'm doing good, guys. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Uh, you guys probably shouldn't have clapped, though, because I haven't really come to an end yet. <laughs> that altar call could be 20 minutes. You guys are going to regret all them claps. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to wrap it up here. I'm going to come to an end. I feel the Holy Spirit in this room. I feel the Holy Spirit wanting to minister to you guys because Jesus doesn't want to have to go through me to talk to you. Mm-hmm. If that was the case, he would have given the Holy Spirit, guys. There was, there was priests on earth. He would have just sent Paul out and then Peter and been like, hey, you guys better listen to what he says. It's not another person. It's not another being. It's the right. spirit inside of you. Right. Partnering with you. He wants a personal relationship with you. If you're searching for Jesus Christ, the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you. Right. It's not just for me. Right. It's not just for preachers. It's not just for men. It's not just for grown-ups. Mm-hmm. For all, all of you. Until your children's children, right. as far off as the Lord our God shall call. Right. This is a promise that God gave to you. We've got to act on that promise. We've got to put our faith in that promise. Because we all should desire to have a relationship with a God who is love. Right. But let's go to this next scripture real quick. Because guess what? Some people are not, some people are not that way. Some people are like, I don't know. I still don't know if he's Jesus, guys. Like, I still don't know if he's Jesus. And you know what? I know some Christians that probably be like, you're a pagan. You will burn. <laughs> but I don't feel that way. You know why? Because Jesus didn't feel that way. There was somebody in the Bible who was that way. And how did Jesus deal with them? Who was in the Bible like that? Who can, who can guess? 
I know he's probably sitting up in heaven preaching right now. Who? Uh, one of the guys around the cross is next one. Yeah, that's one. one. That's one of them. Who else? Who's the big guy? He's got a nickname. He's got a nickname that he's probably regretting in heaven right now. Goliath. No. Tom. Tom. I call him Tom for sure. But he's got a long name. What's his? Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Anybody ever heard the story of Doubting Thomas? This is a guy who walked with Jesus. He was one of his disciples. He saw the miracles. He believed. He didn't. He did not believe, guys. Like this wasn't somebody who walked away when Jesus started talking about communion. He wasn't one of those weak disciples. This is one of the strong disciples, guys. This is one of the ones that was with him through all of it. Watched him get crucified. Knew he was God. Believed. But at the same time, did. But then he died and he left, just like we're in today. Just like we're living today. He's not here now. Now he's gone. How do I know? How do I know that's real? And Thomas is in the same position. So it's, it's okay to feel that way. It's all right to feel that way. It's okay to be like Thomas. Jesus doesn't show up and beat Thomas up. He didn't show up and be like, leave. You didn't believe in me. That's, he's love. He doesn't mind if you doubt. He doesn't mind proving himself to you. You know, there, there's, a, there's a doctrine of revelation, guys. Like, the Bible shows us that God wants to reveal himself to you. He didn't come here to hide from you guys. He wants to show himself to you. And it's a guarantee in the Bible. If you knock, he'll open it. If you're seeking for him, he's going to show himself to you. If you're mocking and playing games with him, yeah, he might not. He knows your heart. But when you're seeking for him and you really want to find him and you're really searching for Jesus, he's not going to hide. He's going to fill you with his Holy Spirit. He's going to show you miraculous signs that prove he's true. Time and time again. That's why I say it with confidence. There ain't nobody that I know that's not going to believe in Jesus at the end of it. I believe that. Not because of me. Not because I'm a good talker. Not because I'm a good preacher. Because he's a good God. He wants you to know him. He wants to love you. He wants a relationship with you. That's why he came. That's why he died. That's where he went. Was to prepare somewhere where we can live with him forever. So he, so Thomas, Thomas is like, I don't know, guys. I don't know about this whole Jesus thing. I don't know about this whole church thing, guys. Like, it's cool. I like to have fun. I like to throw the football. But I don't know about Jesus. I don't know if he's the Messiah. I'm still searching. And this is where Thomas is. He's like, I, I, Thomas tells him flat out, look, guys, I ain't going to believe unless he shows up and I can put my finger in his hand. How many of you guys have ever thought that way about Jesus? Everybody, it, come on, let's be honest. Have you ever been like, you know what? I'm not going to believe in Jesus unless he shows up. Right? That's okay. That's what Thomas said. It's okay, guys. Like, he's got a bad rep up in heaven. I know he's up there like, everybody's going to show up. Like, hey, are you doubting Thomas? He's like, no. I'm saved, Thomas. I'm up in heaven, Thomas, now. I ain't doubting no more. I only doubted for a minute. But he caught this bad reputation. But we're all just like him. We've all been there. I've been there so many times in my life. There's been so many times that I've been like, God, you've got to show me you're real. You've got to show me you know my name. You've got to show me. Like, I need to put my finger in your hands for a minute. I need to be able to slip my fingers in your side. I need to know that you're real. I can't just believe I need my faith boosted. And that's where, that's where Thomas is right here. And it says, eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with them. Because Thomas, Jesus has showed up to other people. 
Jesus knocked on Peter's door. Jesus went and seen John. Mary and Martha got to see him. Some people had already seen him and got to experience him. But here's Thomas still searching, still looking. But this time he's with them when Jesus shows up. Uh, we better be with them when Jesus shows up, guys. I want to be with them. I want to be with the believers when Jesus shows up. And the door was locked, but suddenly before them, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you is the first thing he said to them. So guess what, guys? If you're looking for Jesus and that's scary, it's scary sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I was like, I've had to have a talk with Jesus. Like, you got to calm down. <laughs> like, I think I'm going crazy. Some of the things you're showing me, some of the revelation that comes through. Jesus can be scary sometimes. But he's the Prince of Peace, guys. He's the, he didn't come here to scare you. He ain't going to freak you out. He ain't going to mess with you. Like, if he fills you with the Holy Spirit, it's going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Right, right. He is the Prince of Peace. So the first thing he does is like, hey, peace, guys. Look, I'm not here. I'm not here to scare you. I'm not here to cause trouble. I want you to be at ease. I want to make your life better. And then he said, he looked at Thomas and he said, here, he didn't mind. Again, he didn't show up and say, hey, Thomas, why do I got to do this? <laughs> That's how I act sometimes when my kids call me in their room, right? Yeah. Like, ah, what do you want, Saul? Right? Go ahead. Tell on me. What do you want, Saul? That's not how Jesus acted. Is that how he acts? That's not how Jesus acted. Jesus shows up and says, here. Hey, you want to know if I'm real? Here. Here. Put your finger in my hand. See where the nail scars are, guys. Look at me. I, I, he didn't hide. He didn't just walk away. He didn't care. It's not like he was like, well, Thomas doesn't believe. He's a doubter. I'm done with him. He didn't. It, none of that bothered him. He wanted to reveal himself to Thomas. He wants to reveal himself to you. So guess what? The more you don't believe in Jesus, the more he's coming after you. The more he's going to try and convince you. The more he's going to prove himself to you because he actually loves you. And he wants you to believe in him. So he tells him, here, put your hand, put your finger in my hands. Put your hand in the wound in my side. He says, go ahead. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Why do you say that to Thomas, guys? You think that Jesus was just like, I just got to get a Yeah, believe in me. You think he was doing that for his own good? He knew Thomas's life would be better if Thomas believes in him. I'm not telling you to believe in Jesus because I want to go brag about how many people I convinced to believe in Jesus. Like, that's not, that's not the purpose of a pastor. I want you to believe in Jesus because it's the best thing for your life. It's the best thing that could ever happen to you is believing in Jesus. Be faithless. No longer believe. Next slide, because this is important. Thomas exclaims back to Jesus, my Lord and my God. It's not enough, guys, just to know Jesus. Thomas had to come to that understanding. Thomas had to see who Jesus really was before he could finally say, you're my Lord and you're my God. 
You're my everything, Jesus. Like, I didn't realize how much I needed you before, but now you're the king of kings. You're the God of my life. And that's where God, that's where God wants us to be. But look what Jesus tells Thomas, guys. This is the last thing. Matter of fact, you guys can all stand up. You can stand up. That'll tell me I got to quit talking, right? But this, this is the last thing. Look real quick, guys. Look real quick at what Jesus tells Thomas. After this whole experience, he's so glad that Thomas got to experience him. He didn't mind that Thomas doubted. He wanted to show himself this. But now look, this last part, real quick, guys. I'm going to close it. Look. Then Jesus told him. Last point, guys. Then Jesus told him. Thomas, you believe me because you see me. But blessed are those who believe who can't see. Again, this is one of those times where Jesus is thinking about a room full of kids in 2023 who can't go see him feed 5,000, who can't go see him raise the dead, who can't just go sit at his feet, who can't just be in his presence other than at church and through the Holy Spirit. And he says, more blessed are you guys for believing in Jesus, not because you got to watch him do a bunch of wonderful things. Because of the miraculous signs. Because you like some of those people in the in the, in the city was just like, it's gotta be the Messiah. Look at all the wonderful things he does. Look at the lives he's changed. Look at the greatness. That's gotta be God. That's gotta be the Messiah. Those people could see him. We can't see him in this room tonight. So let's take a minute. Let's turn the lights down. And let's get as close to Jesus as we can right